0: Fuck. All right. Let's r- we're rolling. Rolling. Planet B Present, presents, presents. Presents Colton
1: Culture Podcast.
0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Colton Culture Podcast. I'm Justin Pearson. This is Luke Hinshaw. This episode features Brian Amilfotano and Tommy Meehan, um, both of Deaf Club, um, which was an interesting and sort of odd um, thing for me to uh, to to kind of initiate, but um yeah awesome dudes awesome guitar players great. Yeah. wild like how they work together man they have like the craziest chemistry and I don't know who would have thunk uh, it worked out great um, having them in a, in a band together but it also worked out awesome to have them on a podcast so <clears throat> um, I guess my my initial idea was to like discuss their insane pedal um, collections <laughs> their pedal boards are in, are wild and and, the, and then how they kind of approach music um and all their various projects not just deaf club but um yeah i don't know it was it was it was cool to kind of dive into that and also they have really strange um in my opinion strange um influences mm-hmm. uh, which you know i guess when you know the influences then you can kind of go like oh i see where that's coming from if you didn't know though you you yeah wouldn't, you wouldn't guess it and, and also too, I kind of wish I didn't know sometimes. <laughs> I know Tommy's is pretty weird. I was like, "Well," but then I got it. Yeah. So, I mean, also too, the fact that Tommy's been part of scoring really cool cartoons makes a lot of sense as to why he does what he does or how he does what he does. It all kind of seems encompassing. Cool. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into this uh, this podcast um, and explore these guys. Um, Guitar technical abilities. Um, so, without further ado, here we go. <laughs> Hello, gen- gentlemen of Dev Club. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Uh, you, would you like to introduce yourselves and maybe give your um, a brief relevant background of of, of each of you? Uh, your I don't know your places in the planet, on the planet, in the universe.
2: I'm Brian Amalfitano. I'm uh, I used to be in a bunch of bands. Uh, I guess I played in power violence bands and things like that before. I was in Antichrist, Demon Corps, and uh, I've been playing music for a good couple of decades now, not making money, so yeah, <laughs> life's good. <laughs> oh, so you're a professional? <laughs> I'm a professional, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like not
1: to think money. so, yeah. You run a record store too, right? I do
2: have a record store. I have a Midnight Hour Records. My brother also has uh, his record store. He's in San Fernando, I'm in San Gabriel Valley, um, and we both played in Antichrist Demon Corps, so we sort of started uh, playing sort of punk rock in, like, early, like, 2003, something like that, I think the band started in La Puente, San Gabriel Valley. And it just sort of started with, uh, you know, backyard shows, punks and cholos and rockers and all that shit, and... uh, The cool shit. Yeah, the cool shit, you know, when... uh, people were playing power Violence a lot in our area and sort of a Inland Empire like Riverside, Fontana you know a lot of backyard parties and things like that and everyone on meth so yeah. it, it, you know it made it it made it interesting you know it was like uh, you know let's play everything really fast but everyone has a short attention span because you know they're all tweaked out <laughs> so well, your you had brother's to, straight edge he's straight edge yeah and I was straight edge till I was about 25 as well if so. you're not now you never were yeah I know I'm a poser <laughs> or something, you know. uh, but you know yeah um, yeah there was a lot of that um i think it was uh there was demon crew and chuff crew was part of the, the ie and all these like different punk things um uh, oh Monty and baldwin park was a little bit more like street punk and like misfits and mm-hmm. sort of just ramones and basic punk like that but but it's true i wasn't i wasn't uh straight edge enough you know it uh-huh. was like oh like you're straight edge but you don't listen to this music so how are you straight edge i was like i didn't know how to be anything about music um So it started with that, playing in punk bands. But punk, I think, was more, to me at least, just do it yourself or do whatever you like and uh, listen to whatever you like. Real punk. uh, Real punk, I think, you know. Um, But most punks at that point, especially in, I guess, junior high and high school, you just sort of, if you don't look a certain way, you know, you don't fit into that. If you're not, you know, dressed if you're listening to hip-hop you have to dress a certain way if you're listening to punk you have to dress a certain way if you're a raver and i just kind of didn't fit into any of that but i liked a little bit of everything so So
0: you grew up in the inland empire
2: no just sort of playing shows uh for some san gabriel valley so mostly i grew up in la puente azusa covina west covina we moved around a lot and then uh, we moved to argentina my family's from argentina so um
0: but so like for me i'm sorry because i we live in awesome San Diego and LA is just a big thing for us up there, all of it. But I know like inland empire was always like the man is the bastard people and and stuff like that. So is that still part of, cause that scene was pretty, that scene was pretty diverse or open to. Yeah.
2: I think it's just also more, um, the next
0: generation or something maybe
2: San Gabriel Valley in the inland empire was a lot of Latinos. And so it was a lot of diverse music, you know, but you'd have punk and then you'd go to a quinceanera and, you know, have Norteños and all sorts of different things. And, um, so you were exposed to a lot more music, I think. You know, a lot of oldies, a lot of everything. Yeah. Whereas, uh,
0: Like cholo shit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Whereas maybe other areas are more hardcore. I don't think we were as hardcore, yeah. you know, as hard, hardcore punk in, in that scene or whatever. And it's, you know, we never really associated with L.A. because L.A. Is, was further for us. You know, we oh. would go to like, we'd take buses, you know, if there was like protests and stuff like that or shows mm. or whatever. But even then, I think we did more like Pomona. You know, go mm. to the glass house. And mm. I think my first show was at the glass house and it was uh, Total Chaos and Narcoleptic Youth and <laughs> yeah. Litmus Green uh-huh. and like all these punk things. And total and crazy. actually, my, uh, you know, my mom, uh, my brother went to that show and my mom was like, Oh, uh, you should go in there just in case he gets in a fight or goes into the pit or oh, goes yeah, in yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Like protect them?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of that. And it just started from there. And then um, we got more into like, crust stuff and uh dystopia and like sort yeah. of weird stuff and, and he sort of went you know more power violence and more punk and i went different ways you know i got into like no wave and experimental stuff mm-hmm. and you know and i thought like that's Which definitely punk?
0: comes out in your your current band
2: yeah i try to put that a lot into def club you know sort of uh weird chords and weird sounds and glitchy stuff and sort of uh just things that you you wouldn't expect in punk because it's supposed to be so fast, you know, and and so now you're doing fast stuff with your feet as well. And, and so there's
0: not a lot of time for the like cadence and, of an it, effect. Yeah. yeah,
2: usually you know if you if you're playing like psychedelic or experimental, you have this drone or yeah. you could play a four-minute song, seven-minute song, whatever, and you have time for these effects. But in our songs, it's like oh that that song's a minute long, and how are you going to put all these effects in there and make it, you know, make it sound organic or you know natural you know to the song not just like
0: you put a bunch of effects on it for the sake of effects Mm. or whatever so so now that you've just taken up the entire podcast yeah yeah how'd you meet this guy and tommy do you want to just roll with it and let us know what you because yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um how did you you and i meet brian so
2: Def club we we got our first show because of the manx oh yeah and tommy was in the manx and uh and you guys had done stuff before so yeah.
3: yeah 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 so justin and i had met um P- uh, peeing together oh yeah the very first time we met <laughs> yeah, we were peeing right next to each other yeah at cartoon network justin came in to do um a voice for this show that i composed music for um called uncle grandpa and um yeah we wanted to get justin on we liked the locust so we um we should get justin
0: that was like a dream come true but it's funny because we first met i was like yeah i don't know who this guy was like this metal dude like peeing and you're just like (laughs) i forgot what you said but it was pretty awkward you're like i love the locust or something like that (laughs) i'm like and my dick is in my hand. it was probably something like (laughs) that um he it for you (laughs) um
3: yeah and then we went into this this recording booth at cartoon network and you did your thing and, and um i hung out and it was fun yeah and that's how we met and kind of um you, you got hip to the Manx at that point. I already my, knew about my, the Manx, but
0: like never really knew you guys, you know, yeah. I mean, it was just like this weirdo yeah. thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did that band for like 10 years. Um, uh, and yeah, that's how we met Def Club. So we had this record release show. Um, it was your guys' first show, right? It was our first yeah. show. We, we played were... at the
0: Bootleg Theater, RIP. T- and you guys were nice enough to let us play. Oh, yeah, we were stoked on it. I think at that point we
2: only had the EP and we only had like f- five actual songs and we maybe played nine songs that, that day and four of them we kind of just bullshitted our way through. Yeah. Um, which you could maybe tell some of us bullshitted more than others. But, uh, and then Tommy <clears throat> had offered to um, start playing with us as a sub. So yeah. we were like, you know, if the possibility of, of going on tour arose, uh, we might need other members because we uh, not all of our members could tour for a month or two months. Mm-hmm. People have jobs and you know shit like that. Most of the, the I think we don't, but the rest yeah. of the people have jobs. <laughs> and um, so Tommy started filling in
0: on bass.
3: Yeah, that's how I learned all the songs. Um, but then I learned them on guitar, and then I came in and just started playing guitar. So
0: so for me, like it was weird because I went to the rehearsal and you were you were I don't even think you were playing bass actually i wasn't plugged in yeah but i was like this guy is the dude we need him in our band he's super weird and like you know no offense to the other people that we are the person that we don't have in the band but i I just thought like this guy is the coolest like let's get him in the band and so it wasn't i don't know like i guess it was like a premonition but it, it wasn't until like um a recent rehearsal that we had where there was and this is no no dis um on jason's bass playing or being a bassist in the band because i love bass but like he wasn't there and it was just the two guitars and it was it was fucking crazy to like stand there and have your guys's guitar stuff be stereo in my in my ears i was like i've never heard this like i mean i heard the record and stuff but even the new songs and stuff but like it was incredible to hear the the stuff happening and i was like it's next level i don't think a lot of um for me like in and you know like maybe in an example would be like in the locust where like everything's just kind of weird but it wasn't like two guitar players like playing harmoniously like in the locust it's like we're all trying to find a a, a frequency that we can sit in nicely because everyone's like you know there's bass and synth who, which can kind of compete and then i'm always trying to like well i'll just go over here and it's weird so um it was anyhow it was really nice because i've never been in a band with with, with two Oh, no, I've been in about two guitar players, but never with like a ton of effects and stuff. And it was just really awesome mm. to, to hear that. And I, and I think that um, it made me appreciate you guys even more than I already did. Um, I was just like, there, you could tell that a lot of effort went into bringing the two strange sounds t- together.
2: Yeah. 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 I think Tommy put in a lot of work. I mean, I mean <clears throat> the first EP I tracked all by myself and I just sort of put a bunch of pedals together. And it came out the way it came out. And I, I, I love the record. But the second one, Tommy had already been learning a lot of stuff. And, and we were talking a lot about pedals and how I use mine and how he should use his to sort of contrast that as well. And, you know, he he just can geek out with me on, on pedal stuff, you know, for hours and just get weird sounds. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, if you do this weird thing, I could do that. And, and so he's sort of like a... You know, a pedal guy like I was where, again, prior when we played at the bootleg, like, you know, our former member didn't have the pedals, you know, or didn't really. One thing about power violence was even in in ACXDC when I was playing the band, is like I didn't have effects pedals at all.
0: Because it wasn't like necessarily it's not, it's not mm-hmm.
2: part of power violence yeah. you know it's just sort of plug into whatever might be there at that show and just play distortion and <laughs> as fast as you can you yeah. know and it's not even super tight as you know it's, it's not like metal or something where you have to be proficient and yeah. sort of you know technical it's just play fast and slow down and then play fast again and um but tommy bring brought a lot of precision into deaf club and a lot of the extension of, of my pedal board and sort of you know complementary things. So you're both pedophiles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that, that was caught the right way. <laughs> pedal, pedal files. That's a new t shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so, that yeah. could be our next tour t shirt probably. Pedal files. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have two pedal files pretty... in our band. <laughs> Can you pick that? Dancing on the <laughs> edge there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I can't. I can't claim that. I think. Um, I forgot who called Nick Zinner a pedophile. It had something to do with like um, Nick Cave or something. I don't know. Someone in someone in Nick Cave's band maybe called Nick Zinner a pedophile, and I was like, that is the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't even know where to start because pedals are awesome, and like it's such a cool thing that I think a lot of people maybe don't explore that much, you know, and like finding strange sounds because some of the stuff that you guys come up with isn't i mean there's melody or there's harmony in in it but it's not like oh that's that's like a a minor you're just like what the fuck is that that sounds like an alarm in in harmony with another alarm or 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 you know spaceship in harmony with another one you know a broken one or whatever so like i i mean where do you start like i guess with your structurally uh i think i think i mean tommy
2: knows music a lot better than i do so um
0: so he's the real secret weapon. I, he is the secret. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh,
2: there's uh, so there's things I think that move songs, you know, create movement in them, and I was sort of I always just like rhythm. I've started playing bass when I was really young and it's like it was my first instrument, so I focus a lot on rhythm and when I write with Scott, I try to get just sort of the core out of the way and then sort of pepper it with uh, effects and when I was, you know, every punk band just plays drop D and plays the one finger thing and you just move your finger around and just, you know, whatever, creates a song.
1: I wish the people listening could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Waving your index one, finger.
2: One around. finger moving. Yeah. Yeah. This is music right here. Yeah. Um, and so I also wanted Def Club to be uh, sort of stand out from everything else that I've done. I didn't want, if, if it was going to be power violence, if it was going to be grind, if it was going to be something, it wasn't just going to be the one, you know, power chord moving around. Mm-hmm. So I started doing these weird chord shapes. And uh, luckily, Tommy knows how to move, you know, his hands quick to like, oh, yeah, if you do this, then I can do this. And so we have sort of a um, a language now in Deaf Club that it's sort of just our sound, yeah. you know, and um, but it was. it's weird when people are just so used to just playing one way, you know? Every time I sort of join a band, I try to learn what they do, you know? Because <clears> when I joined ACDC, like, I didn't know how to play that fast. I was just playing, like, in psych rock bands and, you know, with effects and all these things. And um, Tommy could just nail it, you know? Tommy's like, hey, here's this, and he'll give you, you know, 50 ideas right away. And I also try to take what he does and go, yeah, 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 but maybe just do two or three. That way it moves the song forward, it does this, it uh-huh. creates melody. You yeah, know.
3: I, I probably have more ADD than anybody in, in the band, maybe, because I always want to be changing stuff even more, and Brian will kind of, like, when we're landing on my guitar parts kind of that are meant to complement everything, we kind of got to pull back a lot of times, because I'd be, like, doing too many things, maybe, sometimes.
0: Like, like too many things, like too many notes? or, uh, or That,
3: like... or just different variations on things. Um,
0: like, like, how did it work in the Manx, then, for you? Because you know <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was a whole i don't know i we could do a whole talk about that all day long i don't know or, that or i mean
0: cool. even like screaming chicken and stuff i mean i'm not disrespecting those bands i like those bands but um oh yeah i don't know anything I,
2: screaming chicken
0: oh am i not supposed to talk about that um oh you're not in that band we can cut it out right <laughs> <laughs> okay cool yeah, gotta Nobody knows you're in that band nobody knows, <laughs> nobody knows. i'm, not, <laughs> I'm <laughs> denying it oh. up and down every time <laughs> What about in Manx and then wonder what the guy in... Screaming chicken. Does. <laughs> yeah. It's not you. Why were you bringing that guy I don't up? know. <laughs> I don't know what he does. Yeah, that's weird. I, I don't know why I even mentioned that band. In the Manx, though, like, you had, um, you know, I mean, it, it didn't seem, like, fucked up in the ADD kind of way. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's, the whole thing, the whole package was weird. Yeah.
3: But. So, I mean, gosh, I, I I could give you my whole musical history and, um, and why I ended up doing the Manx and its evolution and the things i was doing before the manx which was a lot more like deaf club um which was this band called razzle blaster that i had right before the manx and then that kind of fizzled and i was like fuck man that was it just took so much out of me um trying to get like a proper like nasty weirdo band off the ground just trying out tons of members from craigslist and stuff so anyways (laughs) um, (laughs) there's your your downfall right there. oh god yeah lots of stuff so i ended up simplifying things and doing folk punk. So the Manx, I don't know if you guys even know this, but yeah. I played banjo accordion, yeah. and stand up bass. Yeah. Um <clears throat> which I think I,
0: I think I saw you with your modified banjo. It was oh, a guitar right. but it had a banjo thing hooked up to it or something. I
3: think maybe one of the times you came saw yeah. us, I maybe was still playing an acoustic banjo, but we were playing through like synth pedals. No, and I saw shit. you play through a guitar, but it yeah. had banjo that was toward the end strings yes. or something. And like. then that evolved into like a weird like five string guitar with with eight string um a fat ass eight string banjo thing like the manx was just a hodgepodge of all kinds of garbage
0: yeah
3: um (laughs) in a good
0: way but like garbage is the fact in the fact that you were like experimenting it it, was very
3: experimental like from the beginning because i had never played folk music before until the very end because i was composing for electric accordion stand-up bass five vocals all this stuff um So, See, he's a he's a secret weapon he's. Yeah. He's a genius. Well, I don't know about that at all because um so is everybody in this band. <laughs> um, is how I feel. But so yeah, I don't even know where we are or where we where we're going right now. Where were we? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's
0: funny though because like on the Death Club LP, which I think is fine and it has a couple good songs on it, but I think it wasn't until like we wrote the new EP where I was like, "Oh, finally we're figuring it out." Because I, I there's parts of the LP where I'm like Dude, everybody's just soloing This is, like, not acceptable You mm-hmm. know, like and, and when I say everybody I mean also the drums Like, it's mm-hmm. just like Dude, what the fuck, man Like, someone needs to pick a lane and Yeah And, like, kind of roll with it Like, maybe But, I mean, you can do that Like, I mean, bands like The Locust Or Dillinger Escape Plan Or, or I mean, there's a ton of bands That have just been, like Or Phantom Oz, whatever Just, like, shit right. You're just like What the fuck is happening Nonstop. Constantly, yeah You know, like So, um, not that yeah i don't know i'm not sure like like i was i guess i was just like we gotta figure it out and like reel someone in like everybody can solo but not at once you know and that was kind of like what was happening i think
3: yeah yeah it's tough sometimes you have to pull back from the composition and because you're always so in it as a an instrumentalist too i think and you just want to be fucking going all the time especially if you're inspired by weird crazy music like the Locust, Fantomas, Dillinger, and all this stuff, which I grew up on completely. So it something happened in my brain a while ago where I'm like, if I'm not go- doing all this crazy stuff all the time, it's not, it's too boring, you yeah. know? But it's like, you pull back, and something like the new EP that we're working on, it's like, oh, there's very just like kind of simple, um, consistent, cyclical parts that that's all it needs to be. And now we're finally kind of like. Or like stuff right.
0: where there is like a mid tempo, and you're like, yeah. oh. There's a there's like a there's a normal drum beat like right. that a normal a human normal being played yeah. and then and then there's these two cool sounds and guitars that are that are coming together in harmony somehow that's so cool
3: yeah uh, you get to actually enjoy it because there's some space there and...
0: yeah and it's funny too because I do I think for me spe- specifically like like coming from like locust kind of stuff. I, I do like even with Luke, like when we'll, he'll like make these Planet B songs and, and I'll be like, oh, this sounds crazy. And then we'll we'll start fucking with tracks and like he'll layer it with like a gazillion things. And I'll, and I'll never know. I'll never be like, whoa, there's like some shit hidden in there that I can't hear until you isolate it. Right. And then I'll, I'm like, so maybe when you or you are writing, you know, Luke or or, or you when you guys are writing your, your, your stuff, you're, you you don't. You're in it, you know. Where like uh, fresh ears would be like, that's cool. Just stop there. Right. You're good. And yeah. then you said you added fucking four other things on top of it, and you're like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, and, and yeah.
3: I think they, that happens a lot. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's sometimes. part of of the process of even just because Tommy joined us during the LP mm-hmm. and wrote all his parts, and it was you know basically the beginning of the pandemic and all that shit. And it was like we were trying to learn these songs, or trying to write all these things, and trying to figure out pedals and and build from there but he has like the perspective of like he wasn't even on the first ep and he loves the oh, first EP. oh the ep, EP. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and that was kind of just like five right. minutes of just going yeah. at it like but it, but it is just... very
0: simple in a sense you're like i
2: think that's because i'm a poser and and like <laughs> you know pop music is like i i think like no matter what like you you need to have some sort of like hook or something mm-hmm, yeah. that, that you enjoy and you can remember and that other people can remember because if you're just playing sloppily like anyone could just do anything and make noise you know there has to be a purpose uh, to what you're doing you know or a purpose what do you mean well some people just like they they have feedback during their entire set because they don't know how to manipulate feedback or uh-huh. whatever where tommy and i were talking about this actually like the other day where, where we want to have um Organized chaos, mm-hmm. you know. If you have a, a a sense of chaos where you're about to go over the edge, but you don't quite go there, you know, where you're you're pushing people, you know, you want them to feel like holy shit, what's happening mm-hmm. right now, but you have to be able to replicate that every time, you know, because
3: if you have control over the chaos, then you're essentially you're a wizard. It's yeah it's not ta- chaos. Yeah. yeah, but
0: then it's just tension, right? Is that a better word? Maybe. Sure. Chaos, sure. chaos is like un tethered you're just like oh what the fuck's happening you know Some,
2: like... sometimes it's chaos <laughs> just depending on on the sound on the stage but you know <laughs> yeah. if you can't hear anything else you know well, sometimes we're not actually playing chords we're just playing the actual pedals you know that oh yeah yeah totally know, the effects or, or an oscillator or something weird you know well, what's and, that oh no, go on sorry or like jason and, and scott will be basically carrying you know the song while we're doing our thing you know yeah and we we come back and but so he, when you come back, people are like, "Oh!"
0: But even know? with Scott, though, it's like he—we he, got to reel him in because that guy just writes shit that he can't even play later on. You're just <laughs> like, "You wrote that complicated thing, like."
2: But that's why he doesn't like playing the old songs yeah, now, you know. Yeah. But now it's—it's it's, we're going towards, I think, uh, like you said, for the new EP, going towards something that is a little bit more um, t- tailored. You sure know, like we're, we're picking
0: we're, a lane we're finding a finding or something yeah again. Yeah. absolutely so yeah. <clears throat> i don't want to throw either of you guys under the under your own buses because i know but like your jam like okay tommy your jam's guar right and For and, sure. then, and then brian your jam's nirvana yeah so fuck i mean not fuck guar but like Guar, whatever <laughs> but with nirvana and i don't i don't i think you hate nirvana right luke absolutely. yeah so he hates them i don't hate nirvana i i kind of hate like the vocals a, li- a lot i guess um but i i like the groove and I, I like
2: just so you know i did a lot of kurt cobain vocals on this lp or the ep actually mm. oh yeah
0: the, yeah the the style of nirvana and, mm-hmm. and... i don't know i never heard that yeah but but what i, what I was gonna say before you interrupted me <laughs> uh, <laughs> no but i mean like so like for nirvana i think um Jung just walked yeah. in <laughs> <laughs> um like for for nirvana stuff I, I i you know i thought okay it's fine like nevermind's it's fine but it was like when in unuro came Ururo, out yeah, i was like yeah. oh because they had the groove and the hook but then there was nastiness on it and i and i thought there's no way that nirvana could have done that mm-hmm. record as their their first major album like nirvana yeah. uh nevermind had to come out before to get everyone hooked into it and get them all fucking you know hooked on the nirvana train and then they were like here you go. We do whatever we want. Yeah. And then they fucked it up. And I think that was a really cool and beautiful thing because there's parts of that record where I'm like, this sounds like, you know, the fucking early Black Dice or something. Like, we're just like, wow, there's like, this feedback is so brutal and like not pleasant in a in a great artistic way, you know, and I think that like, I see that in, in, in your playing a lot. So there's that. But then like with you, like, Tommy, I don't see like where, I don't, I don't feel like you're just like, Check out this kind of like scum dogs riff, no. you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean,
3: well, they're yeah, I mean,
2: but you took a lot from like Buckethead and you know. Yeah, I of, have you, so you, many. You play yeah. guitar much better than
3: Def Club allows. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Um, <laughs> um, but kind of going back to what Brian was saying earlier about not being punk enough, or not being this enough, mm-hmm. or not being that enough. But he really enjoyed a little bit of everything and kind of drew from all these different places, maybe even unexpected places that, and that's like, you know, that makes up who you are now creatively as an artist. It's very much that same way for me. I mean, like, and again, I can, it's too much to get into, but like, I grew up on my first thing was crisscross when I was (laughs) seven years old or something. That was the first music I ever really heard. My parents didn't listen to music in the house. It was always, like, sports radio. My mom was at work all the time. I never even heard music, really, until, like, crisscross. And I was, Some kid at school had it. I was like, Fuck yeah, crisscross. And then, <laughs> and then it was, like, whatever. I'm not going to go down the whole thing. But then it was, like, metal in my teen years. I didn't discover punk until I moved to L.A., really. So I was, like, 20 years old working at this place called Scooby's Hot Dogs on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> Everyone there were all these punk kids with tattoos and chains and shit. And, and I was, like, oh, oingo boingo. What is this? She's, <laughs> <laughs> like... Devo, um, Crucifix, Fear. This is the first time I heard this stuff when I was 20. So kind of yeah. late to the game. Because in my teen years it wasn't like hard enough. It was like what's this punk stuff? It's just kind of like light and kind of... Yeah. I didn't get it until a little bit later um, of how like the attitude and how disgusting it could be. Um, so so that said, yeah, I mean like I love Guar, but like, you know, musically that's it's just part of... It. Maybe theatrically that's like you know, the thing a... that I'm trying to bring to the table more with maybe some of the other projects I'm doing. Okay. Um, yeah, like the one that you're not in. Screaming chicken. Yeah,
0: yeah. several other projects <laughs> that yeah. I'm not doing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I do think there's a lot of things in, in punk rock, like a lot of punk rockers won't be like, oh, yeah, B-52s is punk as fuck. Yeah. You know, Blondie or, or yeah. it's like that's now people look at it and it's like, oh, that's pop music or whatever, because well, it's, mm-hmm. it's so... You know well known widely accepted but you know talking heads and like art punk stuff and all those things like those are super valid i mean you know it's not not
0: really like punk when it's on a car commercial you're just like oh okay you know so stuff like ramones or 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 the sex pistols don't sound inherently punk now but 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 for the time for the they time. had to start it you know and yeah. it was and I do think that Talking Heads and, and even like coming back to like like fucking Guar was definitely punk I mean even mm-hmm. it didn't yeah. sound like punk rock and Nirvana same thing I mean Nirvana fucked up a lot of things in a cool punk ass way and I think that was like really important and, and I think that like even with like the stuff that Luke was always like bringing to the table with like elements of hip-hop and stuff, I'm like, this is fucking mm. punk. Like, yeah. this shit is... I so mean,
2: hip-hop and punk are, like, the, the most same. valid forms of, of music in the last, like, three, four decades, you know? Yeah. The most important as far as, like, you know, anything that's come out recently.
0: Like, game-changing or or or, or redefining stuff, I think, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, redefining music, I, I suppose, Absolutely, for, you yeah. know, for the, those two genres. And, and then, yeah, because a lot of times when someone's like, this isn't punk or that isn't punk, it's like, but they're referencing shit that really is just, like, the the quintessential like oh yeah like this is yeah. supposed to be punk but it, I like the stuff that's not supposed to be the hidden shit where you're just like oh yeah that actually is you know because the 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 tattoos and the chains and shit like aren't really you know right. and it's yeah, funny absolutely. because the people that are holier than thou it's like I wonder like how many people would say the crucifix aren't punk you know if you let's say remove them from they were all alter- alternative tentacles like right if they mm-hmm. weren't alternative tentacles probably people would have dismissed them forever but that fucking band it, 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 that was a game changer they were the most fucked up punk rock band or, yeah. you know like whatever so I think that's like a, a, a pretty uh, um, important um, I guess like detail on things like what what really is punk because I think when you start dismissing shit and like trying to be holier than thou then then you're just you already fucked up and yeah. you're just you're the poser you're the fuckhead and like you should just yeah yeah gatekeepers, gatekeepers yeah. yeah totally and
2: elitism in punk rock is is a weird yeah yeah <laughs> it's a no go for me <laughs>
0: I mean even for power violence like I always I mean that's just a crazy genre in itself because who coined that term Eric Wood and Eric Wood says like the only power violence bands are the ones that I think he rambles off on that man is a bastard crossed out split. He says like, he said it's the first time he says like, I think he says like power violence. And he says like capital's casualties and crossed. I don't know, even know a band's I can't remember, but he like, and he said, that's it. And then it became a thing. And everyone's like, because I, I, I constantly was always told like the locust isn't power violence. The locust isn't grind The locust isn't this. And I'm like, you're right yeah. suck a dick we're not any of that shit and yeah. no you don't care or we're all of it and you're the loser and it doesn't matter you know like because it really doesn't matter and like i don't want to be this and i don't want you know you guys to be the thing that they said you should be you know like at the at the hot dog place or whatever you know yeah. like just do whatever the fuck you want
3: yeah that's that's the thing i have trouble keeping up with even in these conversations is like genres and like this is beat, but it's not quite like crust enough or whatever i'm just like i don't even know i just yeah. like mm-hmm. all this stuff and uh yeah like yeah. Def Club is
2: hardcore and I'm like all the other hardcore bands are hardcore and I don't know what we are you yeah know? like we're we're much weirder you know just the the sheer, just the pedals alone you know differentiate us just uh us now doing three vocals all these things you know it's uh, the, the subject matter that we talk about isn't necessarily hardcore hardcore seems really testosterone driven and sort of masculine and whatever and it's like, uh, I always just got kind of got beat up by these dudes. Yeah. Like, I, like, I don't really, you know, I don't yeah.
0: know. Well, there's like a lane that people have found and they just stay in it. And I think that like, for me, it's funny when we're at rehearsal, I'm always like, I want to play the fucking crusty D beat shit, but then put like the sci-fi guitar sounds on top of it. You know, mm-hmm. like, like what would, you know, discharge and melt banana sound like together? Like, that's the band that I want to be in, you know, like marry these two things and then make something new. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, you know where I think a lot of people are maybe afraid to to do that.
3: Yeah. And people like to just kind of like jump on and sound like everyone else. That's the majority of music. And like I have a hard time getting down with any of that stuff. Like for a long time, I had trouble finding new bands to listen to because uh, it needed to be 100 percent something that didn't sound like something else. So Uh like and I was like super snobby because of that. So I was always on the hunt for like something that just didn't exist yet, except for in this one place. Like Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum or something like Uh, that. Like or Buckethead was like, What the fuck is this guy? Like he's doing noise stuff. The Locust was one of those, you know, like Dillinger, just stuff that's like you can only go to this one place to get it. But then that shut me off from listening to a ton of different bands because I don't know, all these ones over here, they just kinda sound like the same as all these other ones over here, you know? Um, I don't
0: listen to music. I hate music. I fucking totally hate it. Yeah, me too. Yeah? (laughs)
3: I'm
1: just here all fucking day. So when I'm, like, when I hear music, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I just want peace and quiet and, like, nothing. Or, like, classical music is, like, I can just do that all day. Yeah. But I do relate with you, but not noise-wise. Like, my hatred for Nirvana Mm -hmm. stems from... One being really high in junior high. And I was in a jazz band and I was just like all into like learning. I went from like metal and classical and jazz. And I remember just being so high and just like thinking of jazz music and all the notes and all these fucking chords. And then Nirvana comes with jung junk junk. And, I'm, yeah, and yeah. everybody yeah. fucking loved it, yeah. and I was just remember just being so high and being like just staring at the world and everybody loving this shit. Wow! And it was like there's so much, like I'm like, people are getting dumber, dumber and dumber, yeah. and the music is like declining. But over the years, yeah. it's like. With like Michael Jordan, I can give a shit about him, but I know he was a great basketball player. Mm-hmm. So I know what Nirvana did for music, and I know the mark that they made. It's just I cringe because it takes me back. Mm. So yeah.
3: maybe it wasn't yeah. even
0: like Nirvana's fault. They were just the one that no, they ran. were doing their yeah. thing. It there was, was an yeah.
3: implication of like just the thing shitty things yeah. that were to come or the, the... totally I, I the feel, evolution of people. Uh,
2: I know, I know, I get a lot of shit from everyone, but I feel the same way about the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just kind of just never got into them, you know. So, we're from Argentina, you know. My parents are from Argentina, and I grew up with like opera, like Luciano Pavar- mm-hmm. Pavarotti and and sort of uh Fabuloso Skylax and ska and Regan, and Lee Scratch Perry and all these like other uh-huh. other elements everywhere, you know. And and there's so many things musically that you could get into where punk is just one thing, and and yeah, I love it, but I don't listen to it ever when I'm at home, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not ever like. Like, if I'm in a tour van and we're listening to, like, like, they were listening to Slipknot the other time that we were coming up, and I was just like, my brain was just like, dude, I can't just listen to heavy music all the time, yeah. you know? and uh but, e- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even, like, you know, I got into, like, uh, Bitches Brew, you know, Miles Davis, and, uh, you know, Maggot Brain, and all these, like, records that kids really didn't like, or Frank Zappa, or, like, you know, Sonic Youth was a huge influence on me, besides Nirvana, too, and and sort of uh, drone music and, you know, sort of experimental things. And and I think there's so many valid forms of music. And if you just limit yourself, you're just going to mm-hmm. create a very limited mm-hmm. amount
0: of music as well. So like those, if you only listen to this, you're just going to reiterate. That's where you're going to shit it out later, you yeah. know.
2: And so I do think Deaf Club, there's like some things that I could pinpoint. That I'm like, oh, that's a little bit of like my Latin heritage. You know, that's Spanish. That That groove right there is from me listening to these bands you know uh. and where other people might not catch it but some of my friends you know that have known me forever though they'll, they'll be like hey i heard that song this sounds like you know this mm. from this band i'm like oh you caught it you know um you know like there's a lot of experimental bands like cafe you know they did a lot of great experimental records um Caifanes, Jaguares, all these things that you know you grow up with in other countries that influence you as well and America. You know it's very limited and it, gets, it has to sell you these things where nirvana i think i was eight years old when he died
0: mm-hmm. and
2: i i wasn't into them you know i just remember that they played unplugged in new york on mtv over there in argentina i was living in argentina and i was like oh i like this band and i came and i bought the first record bleach And it said, this is Nirvana's first record. So I was like, oh, this must be the best one or whatever. (laughs) And I didn't know. And it was heavy as shit, you know? And then I was like, all right, well, this is not the one that has the single, Smells Like Teen Spirit. But then I got into so many other things because of that, you Mm know? Um, I And I also just hated Cock Rock, you know? I hated Motley Crue. I hated Guns N' Roses. I hated all this, like, Sunset Strip Mm -hmm. fucking bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Which I think, like... There's more. There's more of an important thing than like the actual notation and the and the and the structure of the songs. Like the the cultural relevance, which I think Nirvana played a big part. They were they were going against something that I think needed to happen, and it and it created. It was this thing that hap- It needed to happen in the the lineage of, of, of music. You know, I,
2: in general, just grunge. Even you know when you take something, or even like Sinead O'Connor ripping the Pope picture. You mm-hmm. know, on SNL or Pearl Jam writing. You know. Uh, pro-choice on their arms or like Bikini Kill and Riot unit you know, the Riot Girl movement and, and how uh, sort of feminist movements and punk rock movements and sort of Olympia, Washington, not mm-hmm. just Seattle, mm-hmm. Washington, but Olympia, you know, K Records yeah. and all these other things. And those are like important forms where a lot of like hardcore kids, they're like, they hate female fronted, quote unquote, or, or just any female bands they're just like yeah they're all right for girls but if it was you know guys they'd be much better and you're just like you fucking suck dude like (laughs) hardcore bros are just you know they're sort of just annoying in that way and um i just always i i wanted to not be a bro i wanted to not be masculine i didn't want to be like just a dude you know so i i I got into music that i guess is you know not considered that as you know metal was heavier i i I did get into like corn and some of that new metal stuff for a little bit but i got out of it real quick because was like this is bullshit (laughs) like you know there's some good bands like like rage against machine you know the politics and stuff like that but for the most part you know if you see that documentary on woodstock or you know you're Mm -hmm. like oh this fucking sucks this era of music sucked and it was a big wasteland for a long time you know
0: that'll make that documentary will make you not like music oh yeah like for dude there's so many things in there that just were just terrible and i'm like i why am i even a human being this is like boner dude i don't want to be part of this thing yeah, C- it, culturally or whatever it's but, weird i mean it's it is funny though like i i do appreciate the sneaking in of things like even when when luke was putting together the satanic planet tracks like there's a cumbia on there and it's like yeah, that's yeah. like i guarantee you uh 99.4 percent of the satanic you know Satanist or whatever, yeah. you know, like don't know, like <laughs> that's Cumbia. You know, they're probably mm-hmm. just like, hell, Satan, you know, and there's like a, there's like this awesome Cumbia. Re- but, it, but I think if you take it
2: like, uh, you know, a lot of goth kids, like a lot of people, let's say uh, like cholo goth, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you take, Cholo goth and, and... Is that like, a
0: real thing then? Like, or is it, I thought it was just a prayer. Well, no, I like, mean,
2: if you just take, like, no punk rock Latinos, mm-hmm. basically, uh-huh. you know, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, I like Morrissey or The Cure or Bauhaus or Joy Division or whatever, and you put that in a Satanic Planet song, like, I guarantee there's a good amount of Latin people that are listening to that song and going like, oh, yeah, I, this is a cumbia. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'd be able to pick out, like, this is a cumbia, you know, like, or yeah. this is a salsa rhythm or mm-hmm. this is a whatever but that's because I grew up with it, you know? Yeah. So I think there's definitely a bunch of kids that are being represented when you throw those things uh, in, you know? Um, even- but
0: I wonder like, because maybe, I mean, not to like date uh, everybody here, but like for, I mean, maybe for like Luke and I, like, or I don't know, maybe like when I was growing up, I remember like being able to go to the record store and I would buy, you know, I could buy like, um, let's see, like uh lard and Bauhaus and it would be, that would make sense, you know, or like, you know what is that like industrial and and, and like goth and, yeah. and like just and, and i was a punker with a mohawk like that all like makes sense to me like but i feel like the younger generation like like people that were like 10 years younger than me like didn't have the sort of ability to do that it was like you it was everything was like very more like structured and more narrow like you had to fit into this like realm of stuff yeah do you, do you see that like did you guys see that when you're going in middle
3: school everyone the yeah. same thing we were talking about yeah it's like if, i i was wearing doc martens one time but i also had like kind of like baggy skater jeans and some this dude's like what 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 are you a skater or a rocker like he said that <laughs> yeah. he was like visibly confused why can't be this. both yeah yeah, yeah. i am just like i don't know i just like thought this was cool <laughs>
0: but for me growing up skaters and rockers were this was the yeah. same thing yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah i don't know so there were always these gatekeepers i don't know yeah it's confusing and i I haven't really expended any energy on ever trying to like adhere to anything i just kind of do my thing i I I think now though
2: like kids are more open to it you know uh yeah it feels that way at least because like at the, the record store at midnight hour when kids come in and they buy different things, I'm like, whoa, like, you like this old stuff, you like this new stuff, like... But they'll still be jamming on Selena and Vicente Fernandez mm-hmm. and right. Julio Iglesias and all these, like, Spanish things that they grew up with because their parents, yeah. you know? And I appreciate my parents in, in that respect because, you know, my mom liked, like, T-Rex and David Bowie and Queen, and my dad was, like, you know, opera and Argentine folk music and stuff like that. And But they let me do my own thing, except, you know, then Sergio my brother he got into punk and went like started wearing all black and you know crusty stuff and and he got arrested and then my dad took away all our black clothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like nope, no no more black clothing you guys are going to get in trouble. And it was like uh, we just got into every every sort of music. I didn't even know music. I would go to Tower Records and buy an album just because of the cover, cover or yeah. The, yeah. The, the the titles yeah. of the songs yeah. and, totally. and i, I bought a wouldn't... lot of bad records
0: that and way, a lot of bad records just... too. <laughs> yeah. for sure but tower <laughs> records was the jam you could go there and be like well this <laughs> is some weird ass shit yeah. like that's cool i got arrested there too but <laughs> <laughs> most of my friends did yeah <laughs> you yeah. did no no you didn't nope. arrested there.
1: no oh. no i got away i was slick <laughs> 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 but you would have
0: yeah <laughs> um it's funny because uh like for me it was a couple things like i remember you you brought up um you brought a total chaos right Mm -hmm. i remember um my first band struggle played with them and i thought they were cool looking you know i thought they were like they were fine or whatever i think i had one of their records and i was like i was like they're cool like they're they're punks and i went to this um there was this long beach anarchist convention at the at the college like like long beach i don't know what it was the university right there by the start of the freeway like Mm -hmm. that, that college and um you know it was like all these classes and you could go learn about like anarchism and and feminism and animal rights all the all the important things that i think i was 16 i guess that i needed to learn and i remember like going to the classes and like cool like this is like i'm going to learn these things i'm going to like talk to these people and like and educate myself and and total chaos showed up the the singer i forgot his name you know and he looked cool as fuck, you know, like spiked hair and whatever. And, and he was, like, talking some shit to one of his bandmates. And, and they, they, like, kicked him. And they were, like, talking, you know, like, whatever. He's, and, like, the dude started crying and shit. And it was mm. like, fuck you. And I was like, man. That, like <laughs> I was like, punk is dead, you know. Like, yeah. this is, like, this is some bullshit. And, I, and it, was, it was really important to, like, to be able to see these people that were, that were, that were my, I don't want to say my peers, but they were, like, you know, they were, like, a bit older than me. And they were the people that were kind of, like, like, th- he was very popular, and I was like, he's a fucking moron. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do my thing, and, and, like, not that I'm cooler or whatever, but I, you know, it was, like, it was really – I really needed to see that happen, this guy get embarrassed, mm-hmm. because then I could say, like, oh, because my, my other friends, like, Born Against and Downcast and stuff, like, they're the real punks. They're the ones that I can, like, totally relate to and respect and that are respectable human beings. They're not a fucking joke, you know. They're not, like, a commodity – and that was the cool thing, you know. They didn't look like they didn't, yeah, like street. You know, semi Feeder's yeah. like didn't look as cool as the guy from Total Chaos, but like semi Feeder's is fucking awesome. Like, and you can't, there's, there's like, there's no competition. The other guy's a chump, you know. Like, there it is. Like, I, I already figured it out. Like, it's sixteen. You know, I was like so grateful for, for that, you know. So, I don't know. Those lessons are are important. I think, where you can like almost like destroy what you're supposed to look at as an idol or, or, or something you know yeah um,
2: just sort of staying true to yourself um, the longevity factor also if you play in, in bands long enough then you're, you're like alright well at least I'm I'm in it and I'm you know you're not making money you're not in it for this but you have to do it and you know all those kids that like you know called you names or whatever or like you know beat you up is like oh, what are they doing they got nine to five jobs and they're doing bullshit you know like <laughs> Sucks for you drinking Bud Light at home, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know.
0: But but also, like, I think on a cultural relevant level, like, because I remember, like, I remember being out. <clears throat> fuck, I forgot how old. I, I was probably 13 or 14. I went to see, um, I mean, this is the craziest time. I remember, like, I went to see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 in the movie theater with my friend Jose Palafox, who is, he's Mexican. He has a mohawk. He looks like a, he looks like, we both looked pretty. I had, like, blue hair. We looked, like, very punk rock. And um, my mom um you know she uh was an alcoholic and and didn't and didn't pick us up from the theater and so we were like stuck at this movie theater and we had to we had to walk um from, like from the sports arena to Claremont it was a long time you know it yeah. was like 10 o'clock at night and we're you know these two like 13 year old kids and we get pulled over by the cops you know and the cops are like like immediately start making fun of us you know like what the fuck like what are you guys not are you guys skinheads and like i was wearing a nazi punk's fuck off shirt you know and i'm like okay you know and like, jose has a gigantic mohawk you know and i'm like we're clearly not skinheads you know what are you guys fags and i'm like well i mean i guess you could call us that i mean that that would be like the, the obvious thing didn't say like we're straight or what you know like whatever yeah. but we did <laughs> say we fucking hate nazis you know like right. put two and two together and so I, I but i but i started figuring out like the 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 like cultural relevance of, of punk rock you know and punk and that was a, that was an important lesson as well like to, to go like um, you know against stereotypes and norms and, and, and authority figures and, and things like that which which I think were were important to learn and 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 then try to like find the nuances of uh, navigating through life with, with those things musically or or just culturally you know S- so yeah i don't know that was that was a that was a those are weird ones but you mentioned fear i think that was a really good a good that's a great example too because they are kind of like almost like the quintessential punk band because of the the like nastiness yeah but if you listen to their records they're so fucking tight mm, they, yeah. they have like a lot of jazz shit like they're way they're kind of like the dead kennedys where you're like dude dead kennedys were really talented like yeah. they weren't just dicking around mm-hmm. like i don't know what's a band that just like you know i mean no offense but like Ramones weren't, like, yeah. that technically proficient. Or, 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 like, Minor Threat wasn't, like, that, you know. But when you look at, like, Dead Kennedys or, 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 or Fear or something, where you're like, dude, the musicianship is intense.
3: And they're doing interesting stuff, too, that you don't hear from any other bands. But so. did they get... Yeah.
0: I wonder if people were like, Jello, you're not a punk. You know, you're like, what the fuck? You know, like, you can't... Like, maybe it was different then. You know, maybe you could get away with get, get away with it, I guess, at that point. But I wonder if other genres of music have that. You know, I wonder if hip-hop where people are like you're not hip hop or you're not this, you know. Like
1: I, I think it uh, I think all music probably does. It's just the snobs yeah. who like you said who try to define it. Once you define it, then you're kind of like, uh that's like you're I around. would get it if I if it was like country and he would be like, "Yeah, that's not hip hop." Yeah, fucking of course it's not hip hop, but I don't know. But now um,
0: they did that. What's his name, dude? Was it Little Nash? Nas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Country <laughs> Road. And it blew up. Yeah, yeah. I mean But that was and I don't really like that music, but I think like, damn man, that's the I'm I'm glad that guy oh. did it. Like that's cool. Like yeah. that needed to happen. I think it depends in every
2: every genre. I mean hip hop too, it's like you have like conscious hip-hop you have experimental hip-hop industrial hip-hop mm-hmm. you have, so you could still fit into like these little weird things like i always like saw williams as a lyricist more i like cool keith because he was weird you know dr octagon all these like weirdo takes on hip-hop uh-huh. you know and it's like oh that's that's a lot of fun you know and- i think
1: it's more like there's punk hip-hop I think the only style that people, fans, don't budge is probably metal. Yeah. Like, metal fans are true to metal, and if you fucking (laughs) stray
2: away, you're a faggot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like... Yeah, Yeah, they get real fucking uppity about it.
3: Yeah.
0: Well uh-huh. then that's weird too, because like how do you feel about Guar? Because that's metal and they, they I mean I wonder how they navigate in their in their careers. I don't know, they're know?
3: one in a million, you know. Like they're yeah. they're the only ones doing exactly that particular brand and then yeah. coming but with Ghoul. But Ghoul is completely derivative of Guar. Oh sure, sure, yeah. 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 Um but
2: they were friends, right? They were like Yeah, for sure. I they mean, did yeah.
3: they did the the costumes for Guar
2: and then they started Ghoul, yeah.
3: Uh, I don't know if that's like true. Yeah. I know Guar has their own slave pit and they do... Whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Guar, I mean, Odorous... Dave Brocky was such a smart lyricist. I don't know if you guys are familiar with his uh-huh. stuff, really. Like, But there's like, the satire. The it, satire. It's sure. so hilarious and depraved and meant to throw America's bullshit back in its own face. And it works every time and pisses people off and makes people think about all these issues from... A to Z, you know. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah. That was another thing too. Is I saw Guar in, in Tijuana when I was um, like around fourteen, I guess, or fifteen. And I remember um, there was this place at iguanas, and mm-hmm. there was always neo Nazis there, and it was crazy that these skinheads would show up there. And um, I don't know how. I don't know if it was like part of Guar's like thing that they always did. Or that like or like that Nazi skinheads were showing up at their shows. Oh. But so, you know, for one we we're in Mexico and they were like they were not they were Nazis. They had swastika's on their shirts and shit like that. And they were sea Kyling you know. And so part of the guar like shtick for this set was they brought out this skinhead and he was sea Kyling and he had yeah. pink suspenders. Yeah. yeah. You, so you know about that? Yeah.
3: The, yeah, they do that. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, and then because, because, chop up his head yeah, or whatever, yeah. Because he was gay. Oh, oh, and oh, then, I don't remember. I yeah. know I've seen that, but. Well, so the skinhead comes out and he's like, see wow. and All the
0: skinheads are see And they're like, fuck yeah. And, and then so they're like, I don't know which, which guy, the main guy in Guar was like, wait a minute, he's a fag. Or he's gay!" Pigs. yeah. And they chopped his head off. And then the neo-Nazis in the crowd were bummed. Right. And it wasn't that Guar was like homophobic. They were just trying to fuck with these shitheads and they did a great job because i watched all of them just get bummed and get super violent yeah you know i mean that might have not been the um what they were trying to go for but like i just think they wanted to yeah say something and they did and and i maybe wouldn't wouldn't really work in in 2021 or 2022 that's coming up but like i think that it was like they they made a they made a, a a point to fuck with this Chunk of their audience, and yeah. I think that was really cool, you know. And also, yeah. it's like they were, it's like, yeah, you are, They are a metal band, and they're they're gimmicky and mo- and sci fi monstery. Why are Nazis here? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, it's not really for them. Like, right. It was, so well, so, that's the thing
3: too. I mean, think I think metal brings a lot of people who aren't hip to the joke to the shows, and then a lot of people
2: just cause testosterone and things. Yeah,
3: and Guar too. I, I, it's tough to say because they're I feel like yeah, there are fans who like really get. Oh, there's a lot more to this. It's intellectual on on like a deep level, and then there are people who are just like, "Oh, monsters, blood, cool," <laughs> yeah. you know. And then those yeah. people are intermingling. Yeah. Uh, but I think I the be-
2: the best form of music is 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 sort of bands that kind of take the piss out of the crowd a little bit. Too. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. Know,
3: they kind of you
0: have to have that. You know, it's like. But what about like um, like you know I, I love Judas Priest and I and I and I think um, Rob Halford's awesome and he's a great singer and I think that you know like um, was it pain reliever, painkiller? What's the song? Anyhow, it's pain yeah, yeah. painkiller. That's a killer song, you know. Any, anyhow, it's great. San Diego, you know, pride right there. But he, you know, like if you watch. Um, um, Heavy metal parking lot. Is that, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like, you know, like there, there's one woman that they're interviewing. And they're like, KK Dowling or whatever his name is. Like, I'd bone him or, but, but Rob, I don't know. And it's like, cause he's, I mean, he's yeah. gay. Like, but it, no one knew at the yeah, time. One knew at that time. But, but it was cool how, like, it it, it, it became, it became okay for them. I mean, maybe they lost members or uh, fans, but like, good. They I said, totally fuck those But it's fans. such a, I mean, and like, but I mean, like, you can't fuck with Judas Priest. Like, they mm-hmm. were like, essential metal they were really fucking good mm-hmm. and the singer just so happened to be gay like doesn't make them any different and like all those people that bought those records like oh, oh well it, jokes on them yeah it was know? like a like, trojan
3: horse situ-
0: situation kind of yeah.
2: yeah there's a lot of that asshole shit though i mean they're like oh yeah or with politics especially like oh musicians shouldn't be political it's like punk rock shouldn't and you're like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. Like, have you read those? You know, Rage Against the Machine Everything. lyrics. They like, you know, you yeah. see Tom Morello talk shit. Oh, like, yeah. hey, do you not know what this band is about? Yeah. You know, and and even in punk rock, like you have now, conservative punk, or you know, sort of like that that whole maga punk shit. And you're like, what? How's this punk rock? That's a real.
0: That's a real thing.
2: Just cons- Yeah, how they basically they it's sort of like libertarian punk shit Uh, where they're like, we get to say whatever the fuck we want because this is truly punk rock. It's sort of like Gigi uh, Allen type uh, of shit. Like if you come to my shows, I'm going to you know, rape you and shit on you and do whatever I want because (laughs) this is the real punk Uh, rock. And you're like, maybe I'm not punk rock, man. You know, maybe I don't want those things to happen to other people, you know? And, uh, you know, or just in general, you know, hardcore kids that are offended when you're like, Hey, we should have a safe space for people. You know, I'm, I'm fully for the whole bikini kill. Like, you know, goes to the front. Like you, you should be able to have a safe space and not have a bunch of people, yeah. you know, bust your shit or like you know, molest you or do all these things. It's it's fucked but up. But Gigi Allen is. I mean, like,
0: sure, yeah. That's yeah. a different excuse <laughs> like, because like you know, I feel like that was like even like I wouldn't even say it was like nihilism. It's like that was that Gigi had to happen for the sake of cult whatever kind of culture. Yeah, you know? they just but I mean, the... like, you didn't go there. You're like, okay, wait a minute. Like, there might be Nazis there. You just like go there and you're like, I'm gonna have to just not get someone's human shit on me you know yeah. like i don't care if there's a fucking nazi like right, yeah right. And there are a bunch of nazis but like i just don't want to get someone's poop on me yeah and that was like <laughs> the most important thing and, and i think that i think that was like a, 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 a an interesting thing and it wasn't that he was like you know like gg wasn't homophobic you know he fucked his brother and shit you know like that's just, it's like yeah whatever you got you got that going for you so i i wonder like the the maga stuff or whatever you're saying like i you know it's it just seems like a bunch of fucking asshole white people
2: yeah they think that they have they should have the ability to offend everyone with whatever lyrics they say and it's like no you're just you're borderline like you know it's like burzum or like you know like sort of black metal nazis you know and you're just like this is fucking whack dude Mm -hmm. like i don't know what's happening right now you know it's like but then again you 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 know are you supposed to take any of this music seriously yeah. you know like
0: or, or Screwdriver it's like oh yeah you yeah. guys are all playing like rhythm and blues and, yeah. you know like I mean <laughs> and everyone you know people that even defend Screwdriver they're like well the first record when they weren't racist is, you're like that shit is even worse you yeah. know like the racist stuff at least was funny <laughs> uh, I, I think like that was a joke of a band too and I, it ended well you know the singer was decapitated you can't fucking you can't beat that <laughs> you know so I don't know hopefully
2: you know I think I think you said it or, or some one of the things said about deaf club it's like at least offend someone or do something you know mm-hmm. like yeah. at least get an, an emotion out of someone you know oh yeah if you don't um, yeah
0: apathy lost yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you're like oh yeah no that one's all right
2: indifference yeah. of everything and that's what i feel about most music it's like indifference i mean i do love a lot of music a lot of underground music and i think music is still very healthy even though youtube and spotify and all these things exist where you know people are fed all this music but you could find it a lot easier now than when we had to go to a record store and just look at song oh, titles yeah. or whatever you know um we're just maybe a lot more picky now or something spoiled I'm not, not really
0: picky now <laughs>
2: i like a lot of music yeah. Anyway. yeah it just depends
0: i i don't like you know anything i, I just listen to npr
3: <laughs> i don't i don't get to listen to anything either luke like kind of like you were saying it's like i do music stuff all day long mm-hmm. and then at the end of it i'm just like i can't like digest anymore right now yeah. yeah so i need to take a break pretty much
1: even with like tv i'll find myself analyzing the music like on yeah. a commercial and i'm totally. like motherfucker. just, just chill <laughs> Oh, <from my God, laughs> that's that quarter look at that rhythm and i'm like oh Same. just turn this shit off yeah like, yeah i know it's like constantly working yeah
2: Fuck. but i think yeah. also like things like um netflix and all these things have made me dumber and so i just when I used to be, you know, not only did I listen to weird music, like I would read William Burroughs and, you know, watch weird art house films. And I think that inspired me to be a weirdo more mm. and to write weirdo shit. And, and it sort of translates still where, like, I feel like I should read a lot more now than I've been reading, you know. It would, yeah. it would probably influence, influence us in different ways for how do we create things. Oh,
0: and, so you're saying you spend too much time watching stuff?
2: I do now, yeah. And it, it's, it's made it that i'm really lazy and so i'm trying to consciously change that you know and maybe that'll make def club a little bit even weirder but who knows you know or I've, just let tommy write the next album
3: we could do that too <laughs> i i find myself doing the same thing i kind of just like zone out after because i'm we're working all day long on like mm-hmm. me, this band that band uh record label or shop whatever and then it's just like i just want to like chill out and just like zone out put something on even if it's a movie i've seen eight million times that's yeah. preferable because it's like, oh, this is just keeping me company. It's like an old friend, and I can just, like, de- decompress for a minute. So reading, the idea of, like, reading or exercising after a long day of all this stuff, is like, fuck. It's a whole thing to, like, muster up the courage to do. Um, yeah.
0: Because you have to be engaged. Yeah, exactly.
3: Because usually I'll, I'll wrap up work from, it'll be, like, from when I wake up until, like, 2 a.m. or something, and I'll just be like, oh, God, I just like, where am I right now? Yeah. Frazzled. Um but I haven't same thing. I haven't been reading, and I think that's like largely in part of like my lifestyle of just like having so many projects lately. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah, but worth it ultimately. Yeah. I think
2: you know, like we're still doing what we want to do, and
3: yeah, we were talking about that all the way here. It's like it's tough being super ambitious <laughs> <laughs> and super lazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a you know ambitious procrastinator. Mm-hmm. I, it's the man, worst. I'm gonna
0: say like I do not. I would never tag you either of you guys. Well. Tommy, there's no way I'd say you're lazy, but Brian, I would never say you're lazy, like ever.
2: Oh, yeah, I feel like I'm super lazy. Though. Wow, man. Yeah.
0: You're always like, we're going to do this and we're organizing this and this thing's happening and this. And I'm like, whoa, okay, you got it together, man.
2: No, no, that's just because my brain is everywhere. And so I have to write it down and put it in my phone and put notes and do this and organize, or else I just forget everything, you know? Like, uh, also, my phone has just made me dependent on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. So it's like, wait, when do I practice? And when do we do these shows? And who do we have to call? And when do we post this thing on social media? And it's just fucking... But it's It's, great. Like, it's programming me versus me programming it, you know?
3: And it's. But you're a great resource to have because if I ever have any questions, I just hit up Brian and, like, and, and I'm like, okay, cool, Brian knows. Brian knows, I'll just hit him up. Yeah, it's very helpful.
2: But that's also why I don't like... Uh, so Tommy said something really interesting uh, the other day where he said, um, when you're at the studio it's for rehearsing and when you're at home it's for practicing Mm -hmm. where i never practice at home like i really dislike my guitar Uh, i don't like touching it i'm just like whatever it's there you know i know how to play it but like if i'm not playing with pedals or like playing in a live setting with other members and sort of mm -hmm. you know with the drummer or something i almost never touch it and that's then i get to rehearsal and i'm like what was that part where tommy doesn't do that tommy re- practices at home and when he gets to rehearsal he's like i know all my parts Wow. Yeah, and yeah. so so it's it's you know yeah it's he's, beneficial it's beneficial it, it helps yeah.
3: everyone else in the band too because then they don't have to worry about you learning your part on the yeah. spot and all that stuff it's just like logistics it's just everyone doesn't have time
0: do you want to join the locust <laughs> <laughs> because i'm you, you're, you're having that trouble We're going to we go through that every time we get together we're like oh yeah what the fuck what's that, that part know? yeah
3: yeah, it's just go over it before you come to practice for an hour, and then come and you got, it. you'll you'll have it's it. But some of us don't have the hour. Before. I know. You gotta make the hour. <laughs> it's like making time to read. I got to pee so bad. Okay. Is there a place to go?
0: Yeah, you should pee, and we could just stop right now, and you could just pee. And that's then... a great ending. <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, um, yeah, that's, we'll just end it right there. Thanks.
3: Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah. Thank you.
0: All right. There it is go pee. Okay, I really <laughs> gotta go. I've had to
2: go for a while. Colton Culture is proudly sponsored by Earthquaker Devices.
1: Planet, Planet B. B.